This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now for the first time on the College Football Daily by Michael Swain, who covers Iowa State for us at 24-7 Sports over at Cyclone Alert. Michael, welcome to the College Football Daily. We were talking before we hit record about how you're enjoying Iowa life. That is a, uh, a job I had in my first year out of college, and you've really... You're pretty lucky, man. You get to cover a top 10, maybe top five team. I was covering three and nine at the tail end of the Paul Rhodes era. So I imagine, you know, you're, you're expecting really big things this fall and you're getting pretty excited about it. Oh, hundred percent. First of all, it's exciting time for Iowa state fans in general. And I think for me too, it's a little exciting getting to jump into Iowa state world, just as it seems like things are, are taken off, but it's, it's been wild to maybe see the progression from afar for a few years. And then all of a sudden maybe in the middle of it was a, a big deal. So it's certainly an exciting time for Iowa state. And it seems like they've got every chance of having another historic season this fall. Full disclosure, I timed up having you on as we as we you know, go across every single Power Five team and a few group of five schools across the offseason. And you can find that playlist on Spotify across the country with the College Football Daily. I timed up Iowa State the same day that 24-7 Sports was releasing its 2022 mock draft. Chris Hummer and Andrew Ivins are working on it. And my expectation was, Michael, that they would have like a few Cyclones on the list. And I, I uh, slacked Chris Hummer on Tuesday. And I said, how many Cyclones in the top 32? And he said none. And I was like, I got to tell you, I was a little upset. The, that, not the not the synergy I was expecting because I look at this team, they're not going to have three or four first round picks, but they've got several players who could contend for those spots. Edge rusher Will McDonald, he was top 10 in RJ Young of Fox Sports' way too early mock draft. Brees Hall, right now, the best running back in college football. Brock Purdy, who is coming back to school, the quarterback, had a disappointing junior year, but this time a year ago, he was getting mocked in the 2021 first round. And then Charlie Kohler, who is the best tight end in college football. 24-7 sports has Jaleel Billingsley of Alabama getting getting the first round love and not Charlie Kohler. Charlie was right on the cusp, but this is a team loaded with NFL talent regardless. 100%. And it's so fascinating. You go through some of those names there. And I think I could come up with an argument of why each one could end up in the first round. But I think the thing you look at maybe the collective group that you just went over is that a lot of them are probably right now in that maybe second and third round. And then some of that could depend on how they look this fall. Starting with Will McDonald, I think he's someone that I think is honestly probably the best NFL draft prospect on the roster right now. He's got a lot of the intangibles that you look for. You know, he led college football last year with 10 and a half sacks, you know, power five football, I should say, but he's someone that is just a dominant edge rusher. You know, he only played 43% of Iowa state snaps last year. He was the backup came up off the bench and you look at him this off season and some of the buzz from Iowa state has been that he's going to try and get up to maybe that 245, 250 pound mark, which 
from him going from this 6'4", 230 to a 6'4", 250 would be a big jump. And all of a sudden, you look at someone that had a bunch of holding calls against him this past year, a lot of one step short of the quarterback. If you imagine if he's able to fight through the holding calls, if he's able to keep that explosiveness that he does have, you're looking at someone that has all the makings of someone that could be a first round pick. I mean, you look at past NFL drafts, the trenches are so important. And for a guy like Will McDonald, who has mm-hmm. size, the athleticism, the length. Like he's someone that if he performs well again this season, he could definitely play his way into the first round, I think. You work your way down, maybe to someone like Brock Purdy, who you mentioned was this time last year, getting projected into the 2021 NFL first round. And you look at his season, didn't start off well. He had a really good stretch there and kind of late in the year where he you know, averaged what was maybe 10 yards in attempt on 70% completion percentage, like 10 touchdowns, one interception. He was just on a roll to end last season. And if you think if he could maybe carry that over into this year, you have basically the entire wide receiver core back. Tariq Milton, the dynamic wide receiver, will be back from injury. He missed a good part of last season. So Brock Purdy is someone that I think has maybe the overall potential to play his way into the first round once again. And you look at Brock's trajectory too. You know, NFL GMs, it seems like they love guys that come in from programs that don't win and impact winning. And Brock Purdy is the epitome of that. You know, you listen to Matt Campbell talk on a week-to-week basis, and he's someone that he raves about in terms of leadership, in terms of being consistent day in and day out. And I think that that could definitely rub off on some NFL GMs if he has another big year. When Brock Purdy was bad last year, what do you chalk it up to? Was he trying too hard? Yeah, I think so. I think it comes from him having a little bit of a gunslinger mentality of, hey, I'm going to make this throw. I have the confidence in myself to make this throw. Then maybe it, it isn't always the best decision. You know, you think about some of the interceptions against Baylor. I think he had three in the first half. You know, some of them weren't his fault. You know, for example, like one of them was a bad route from a tight end. But then you look at some of the other throws and you just kind of, you're left scratching your head like, man, why, why did Brock make that throw? And I think if you look at him this year, the big thing I'll look for is just that consistency. If he's able to be more consistent down to down, drive to drive, then all of a sudden you're looking at someone that has really high end potential in terms of what he can do. So I think he's someone that if he has another consistent year, if he has a year like he did last year, you're probably looking at someone that's a mid round pick, maybe day two, day three. But if he has a really, really good year in Iowa State, you know, pushes for the college football playoff, he's someone I think could really honestly push for that first round. Yeah, I, I agree. Like we live in a world in which Ian Book was just the fourth round pick. So nothing really against Ian book. I'm just saying Brock Purdy has more physical skills than Ian book. And this time a year ago, you never would have thought Davis Mills of Stanford would go so high or that Kellen Mond, who was a totally mm-hmm. inconsistent, like he really transformed into a much more consistent player his senior year at Texas A&M kind of some Brock Purdy levels there. I was tweeting about B. John Robinson, the Texas running back two weeks ago after the UT spring game. And I said, I think by October, this guy will be RB one in college football. And the reason I said by October was because I have a decent amount of Iowa state followers. I don't have many followers, but a lot of them are Iowa state followers. And I knew that they were going to come out of the woodwork. If I said he is already RB one, because Iowa state fans love Brees hall. Sure enough, I got complaints even with my October stipulation going into this year. Yes. Brees Hall is the best running back in college football. What makes him so good? And does it translate to the NFL? I don't, I don't think he's got Najee Harris, Travis Etienne round one stuff. I don't know if you should ever even take a running back in round one, but you'd assume he's going to be a top five running back. Definitely. And I agree with your latter point about running backs in the first round. Um, I think what maybe makes Brees Hall special in terms of his overall ability is not only like the balance, but I think his acceleration is really good. He has some really good top end speed, but someone that maybe isn't going to go burn you for a, you know, a super fast 40, for example, but he has really good 
you know, in a phone booth, for example, you know, he's someone that can make you miss and then make a one cut and go. He's not someone that's going to straight up just burn you right from the line of scrimmage to the end zone. But you look at his overall profile of his size, his balance, I think is exceptional. But you look at some of the runs he's had against Oklahoma in both games last year. I mean, he had guys bouncing off him. He was doing landing on one leg and still able to keep his balance and keep running. So I think he's someone that has a lot of high end potential. But I'll be really curious to see how he parlays last season into the 2021 season. Because you look at what happened, for example, someone like Chuba Hubbard, who had a really, really good year, decided to come back and didn't have a a really good final year at Oklahoma State. Be really curious to see what Brees Hall looks like this season. Because you know defensive coordinators aren't going to let Brees Hall run wild on him all season. They're going to find ways to try and slow him down. So the big question will be then... Can he continue to kind of put up those 125 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown performances when defenses are making him the number one priority? Now, Iowa State will probably pivot at some point and, you know, look to exploit other areas of the defense. But it would be really interesting to see maybe the balance Iowa State tries to strike when it comes to Brees Hall this fall. Yeah, it's worth noting the Cyclones had a specialist kind of running back utility guy off injured Kane Wangwu was a fourth round pick, which I thought was a typo. When I saw it on Saturday's NFL draft coverage, because I remember him as a recruit many, 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 many years ago. So it's going to be multiple years in a row that the Cyclones will have a running back drafted. And of course, David Montgomery was picked by the Bears a few years ago, rather early on. And then the last guy on this round one possibility chart would be Charlie Kohler, the tight end who came back to school, surprised me by doing that. It was a weak year for tight end outside of Kyle Pitts. I think Charlie Kohler could have been the second tight end selected. I mean, this guy is everything you want. In, in a college football tight end. People might like Jaleel Billingsley of Alabama more as a draft pick, but I think it's pretty pretty certain that Charlie Kohler is the best right now in college football. Yeah, and it, man, Charlie's so funny. He We got to talk to him this spring, and he said that he flipped a coin to decide if he was going to come back to Iowa State or not. I mean, he was for sure joking, but I think that points to maybe the charismatic side of him. But in terms of an all-around tight end, I think he has it. You know, his route running is exceptional. He's got really good hands. In terms of his blocking ability, he's really improved that. I thought last year, I thought he showcased that a lot. But I think when you look maybe at Charlie Kohler's season last year, it's hard to you know, you can kind of forget that he missed the first game because of a sports hernia surgery he had in the offseason. So someone that didn't get a full off season last year, the buzz out of spring football has been that he's kind of shaped his body. The tight ends coach made a joke that he's seeing new muscles on Charlie that he didn't see before. So I think if you think about what you saw at a Charlie Kohler last year, it'd be really interesting to see what he looks like this fall. If he is in fact able to kind of keep his body profile the same that it has been this spring, because he's someone that in terms of size, in terms of athleticism, he has all those kind of traits that you look for in an NFL tight end. I think it's just going to be a question of, does he have necessarily the overall athleticism to go up against some of those freakish linebackers you see in the NFL? Because at the college level, Charlie Cole is a mismatch problem. He's faster and a, a better route runner than any sort of linebacker. He's bigger and stronger than any sort of defensive back that you'll come up against. But I think there could be just maybe some questions about how does that translate to when you get bigger, faster, stronger guys at the NFL level. Yeah, and then you got receivers like Tariq Milton, safety, Greg Eisworth. Obviously, Iowa State's going to have more than four first-round picks next year, which is just insane. Expectations are super high in Ames. Michael, what is what is the baseline requirement for Matt Campbell to live up to what the fan base wants this fall? I would imagine got to make it back to the Big 12 championship at least. Yeah, that's definitely the baseline. And I think if 
your Iowa State, you really have that second. I mean, we're assuming it's going to be Oklahoma because they're already a national title contender team going into the year. So you're looking at really, you know, you almost don't want to beat Oklahoma in Norman early on in the year because beating Oklahoma twice in one season would be one heck of a feat. And if you do do that for Iowa State, you beat them in Norman, you beat them again in the Big 12 title game, you're really looking at a college football playoff team. Now, how reasonable is that? Not necessarily sure. But yeah, I do think the, the Big 12 title game is for sure the baseline. And I think Iowa State fans on top of that would take uh, another New Year's Six Bowl victory over another powerhouse program like they did in the Fiesta Bowl over Oregon last year. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm always rooting for the Cyclones. They're one of my, I don't know, three favorite teams. I got a few. You collect a few favorite teams as you kind of go on through the years. Michael Swain, thank you for joining us. Follow him on Twitter at mswain247. Our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great Wednesday. We will talk to you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.